Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 60, Jesse, Jesse Star Kelly, I don't know if that was just a Facebook name she used one time, uh, or if she goes by that, but too late, I already said it, Jesse Kelly, uh, oh, this, is, yeah, Tantric Conversation, my name's Curtis, Curtis Payne, I'm the host of this show, and uh, so Jesse was in town, uh, well, I think she still is in town, but she came into town a few weeks ago and posted something on Facebook about needing extras, and then I realized she was in town, so I just invited her over to say hey, because I've always enjoyed her. And I especially have been kind of following her on Instagram and stuff, and she had this little hashtag she was using, Jaycation, and uh, it just looked like she was always, I mean, just from the snapshots, getting into some kind of... Um, adventures misadventures it looked like fun though it looked like you know she's having a kind of a a, uh fun exuberant uh i don't know chewing on the scenery living a cool life so i you know i kind of admire that i feel like a lot of what i get to see on facebook is people bitching about shit oh how dire and dour it all is it's it's politics it's fucking racism it's chauvinism it's all of this stuff. I'm not saying none of that stuff exists, but boy, is it, I mean, to, to you know, to look at my feed, you know, it's like the country's gone back a hundred years, and and now, but we have all these new names for old shit. I don't know what the fuck the male gaze is exactly, and whether or not I'm guilty of it. Probably am. Probably guilty of all that shit. Um, and I get fucking tired of that stuff. So it's great when there's somebody like Jesse who's, you know, she just seems to be laughing and smiling and stoked all the time. I ran into a, a friend of hers somewhere. And I was telling him about how I rent. I did this thing with her and she's doing this reality show called Hell Satans, not to be confused with Richmond's Hell Satans. They kind of made up a Hell Satans for the reality show which she'll tell you about. And he goes, "She's stoked on that." And I'm like, "Yeah, she's stoked on everything." And uh I need more people around me that are stoked honestly. And uh and so it was great. Uh, we sat down and we talked. It was very impromptu. I wasn't planning on this being a podcast. Um, she just came over and I said, you know what, you can go upstairs and get on and do the podcast. And, and that's how it went down. And so we roll, like, when I get done with this, we're just going to go roll right into middle of the shit. You know, it does, I might not even fade it in. I'm sorry, you know. I could do clever things to make it sound more professional, but I'm far too lazy. And it just doesn't seem right to me metal with this stuff um what else is gonna oh yeah last night i had uh i had kyle harris from diamond center ryan muldoon my known from uh, revolt of the apes and chip cosby from cosby and also the bcu teacher all have been guests on the podcast before they came over i cooked them dinner and then we talked and we set up a couple mics at the dinner table and we had a tantric round table and it was cool i mean i don't know how well we're gonna be able to hear it and you know different people are chiming in and you'll have to figure out who the fuck they are because um, it's not like I introduce them uh, or say hey okay Chip your turn to talk it just you know just went like that but I really enjoyed the conversation I really enjoyed having a bunch of dudes who are kind of like-minded come over here and talk about you know fucking science spirituality philosophy music uh, politics life all of that shit, you know, a little salon from like the old days, yeah, and uh, it was cool. So we'll be, we'll be looking out for that little teaser there. Also coming up uh, next week, I uh, got Eric Larson 
from uh, Avail and Alabama Thunder Pussy and uh, what the fuck is his current band called? It starts with a P. Uh, hmm. Parasitic. I think it's called Parasitic. I have a hard time. Rem- I'm getting. I'm getting there. It's fucking. I'm 44. I'm forgetting shit. It just goes. You know, my my brain's deleting files. And that ha- But Eric and I had a great talk. That's fu- that one was is two hours. It's really long and it was uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I've always liked him and get a lot of history. And he's there's he's done a lot and been around and he's an interesting guy. So look forward to that. I'll try to post that within a week from now. I'm doing the best I can, but it's been two weeks since the Eric Manweller one. I'm changing jobs. Lots of stuff going on. I'm going back and forth up and down the East Coast, Delaware, and i got to go to New York tomorrow, so it's kind of tough. But I hope you guys are enjoying this shit, and every once in a while, one of you pops up out of the firmament and tells me that you're digging it, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate also any any money you want to donate to the principle of Donna. You know, go on the page, kick something in. We always appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, like I said, you can involve yourself with this podcast. You can comment on the page. You can, you know, I'm interested in, in feedback. So, you know, feel free. And a lot of people contact me directly. But you can also go in there and put a comment on in case anybody else wants to see it. And as always, remember, there are, this is number 60, there are 60 of these on iTunes that you can get whenever you want. Subscribe to iTunes, or you can go to the site and get them, but on iTunes, they're all there. So you can just peruse, devour, binge. All right, here we go. That gives you a good sense. So, yeah, so I I could tell that he thinks I'm weird, um, and I know that, like, when I was his age, He's like young. A dude He's like, like 24. Right. A dude like me next door who just like gregariously talks to you for no reason. That would right, really right. irritate me. Irritate? Well, I, I guess you, yeah. I totally act like my dad does. Like my dad used to walk around this neighborhood spouting non sequiturs at people from the sidewalk with his dog. I or he'd have a one-liner know. or a joke, you know? And I'm like totally that guy now. That's good though, right? I think it is good. But yeah. It, what is... There's nothing bad or good one way or the other. It's just funny to note, like, the attitude. Like, I can see how seriously people in their 20s take themselves. Oh, it's you know? so Especially bad. Especially from 20 to 25. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, uh, excuse us. We have this all figured I out. It's so much cooler. Get like, out of the way. You don't know, and I do. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't know. Nobody knows. The world has changed, Grandpa. Nobody's ever going to know. Yeah, and once you think that you know, and maybe you do know, it's done. That part's over. Like you got to move on real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the that's the uh, the thing that that I, I appreciate about being middle aged. Maybe. Oh yes, middle aged. Yeah, forty four. You're, you're forty four. I turn forty next month. Holy shit! Yeah. I didn't know you were that, that mature. That mature? Yeah. yeah, I turn forty next month. Wow. I know. I'm pretty excited about it. I've always really embraced aging and been really excited about it's it. It's good shit though, because you really it's it's painful I'm being so twenty smart. something. You yeah. know how smart I am now. I like <laughs> know what's going on. I can see it. I can just sit back and watch people. I don't have to like put my two cents in. Yeah. Like let shit happen. Yeah, it's good. I always just sit back and watch it all fall out, <laughs> <laughs> good or bad. What is it that you posted on Facebook yesterday that you were in town for? What's that oh, about? okay. So um, I am currently filming the season one production 
of the reality TV show currently entitled Hell's Satans. Oh. And it is a reality TV show put on by um, the Fusion Network, which is only available on Verizon. Uh, Fios. Inter- yeah, uh-huh. the Fios. And it is a, like pretty much they have followed me and seven other people who are on the show members of the Hell Satan's Moped Club gang. And so they film us doing all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. What is the history of the Hell Satans? I remember it's always been moped or was it bikes No, we'll see. This is where it's going to be very confusing for Richmond people. Because it's not connected? It is not connected. And because there is like a second reality to the reality. Like the way reality TV shows work is... They are throwing you into this reality. It is not the reality that I live every day. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like really important to distinguish. They're throwing you into the reality? They are throwing me into this new reality. You know what I mean? So in this new reality, I'm a member of the Hell Satans. In my reality, I am a member of the Cutthroats Bicycle Club. Ah. But they need people who are gregarious and funny and have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. So they have picked like certain people who are friends with the Hell Satans anyway Mm -hmm. to act as members of the club. And since I already had the whole history of being in a different kind of club, it was a really good reality for this show. And where is this mostly happening? So it's happening at Pat's house. Richmonders may know him as King Pat okay. or Pat Lowry. And Pat Lowry has built the skateboard park, the Lost Bowl, in his backyard over on Southside. So in the summertime, he's got a swimming pool, and in the wintertime, it's a skate park. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so he's got this huge barn garage, and that's where all the mopeds live. And he like lets us come over and work on our mopeds and stuff. And then he also has a shed in the backyard, which they renovated, which is known as the Cuddle Cabin, and that is where Travis Pulley lives. Okay. So Travis Pulley is like four years sober uh-huh. now, like N-A-N-N-A-A. You just totally blew his anonymity. That's okay. Oh, he's not anonymous about it all. <laughs> he's like a spokesperson, I feel like, at this well, point. Well, that's actually the way anonymity is supposed to function is that those of us who are in it aren't supposed to go around talking about how we're in it lest somebody think our fucked up ass yeah. is representative of gotcha. the whole thing. So we're supposed Sorry, to... Sorry, Travito. But that's okay. Yeah. Who cares? Everybody, you know, whatever. It's... Yeah. Everybody should so know that if anybody... So he's sober now. Okay. <laughs> and you mentioned that you are... Well, I, the... I'm not in the like recovering way or like I, I still drink alcohol. Um, I do not do hard drugs anymore. Uh, I do smoke the weed. I'm like an avid proponent for the weed, mm-hmm. but I just don't really find that I, it's not really how I want to party yeah. on most days. Now on the TV show, I'm portrayed as a huge partier, mm-hmm. but that's because we're like trying to like get the levels up, you right, know? Right. But uh, when I'm not on the Just TV show... Just in case show, reality's not real enough, we need to pump it up it's with like some so, more reality. Well, it's so funny, too, <laughs> because the things that we want to really do, they're like, no, you can't do that. And then the things that we're like, that's stupid, they're like, yeah, do that. And we're like, but that's dumb. Like, who would do that? And they're like, you don't understand. America doesn't know that that's, you know, they don't... This, like, right. when we're at, like, 
a seven or an eight, they tell us to bring it down to like a three. So it's, yeah, it's, it's this like weird. I, I suppose we've been suspecting that reality TV. TV was like this. And so, and the way that, it, have they just recently started to define it as you are defining it, that it's not supposed to be real, it's supposed to be really putting people in this unscripted context. And I don't think they, they would ever define the, it that way. Right. The real world was, right. was that, right? We're not in a real world scenario. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, well, our contract says that there are hidden cameras, but... Right. We go so many different places. It's not like they could have hidden cameras everywhere we go. So you don't know where every camera is. You know where a lot of them are, and you know. Well, there, we have two camera guys that are literally following us all the time, and okay. are like, like, what do you think about this scenario? Which is kind of like a different scenario that's like going on, or they just kind of get us to play into certain roles mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm the real kind of like bossy bitchy girl uh-huh. you know who's also the partier right who's also, well there's a real party girl okay. on the on the show like she is like a legitimate like this girl's waste faced like a lot mm-hmm. but she's like 26 mm-hmm. years old you know mm-hmm. she's like she's gonna doing, live forever in yeah there. she's yeah. doing her thing like boobs out like mm, of course Somebody's yeah got like dirty job somebody's gotta do it yep yeah, she's doing and she's gorgeous too so it like really really works and pat of course is like the naysayer like been sober his whole like almost straight edge kind of character Uh who's just like what's wrong with you people and why do you act this way (laughs) you know and then as if he's been like that his whole life but he's he's always been sober he has always he's always been sober he he's never even had a drop of alcohol never this is and this is the per- Pat you just mentioned. Is Pat, he- who runs the Lost Bowl over okay. on Southside, yeah. Okay, so who's the other guy that you mentioned? That Travis the- Pulley. Okay, Travis. The kid with one eye who's been running around Richmond as a skateboarder for like ever. I mean, I know all of these names, but yeah, like, I can pull them up. I pay less attention to the dudes than the of course, chicks. of course. Yeah. But of course. I'm trying. I'm working on that. Yeah. yeah, I'm the oldest chick on the show. The rest of the girls are all like 24, 26, and 28. So, right on. Yeah, so they pull the 40-year-old in for a little, like, sense and sensibility. Well, you know, this, I remember last two years ago or maybe last year, it was two years ago, I started seeing your Instagram stuff and it's, like, Jaycation and all of this. Yeah. And it, it looked like you were living some dream, awesome... My dream life? Yeah, awesome I have a dream life. Where were you when that you were posting most so, of that? So, I was living in New York. I moved to New York in 2010. Okay. And I was living up in Brooklyn and I was working at an office. And it was like one of those, like, dream jobs. Like, you're successful. You've made it. You're living mm-hmm. in New York. You get a grad salary. You work at, like the coolest office you could work at. And I was like, I fucking hate my job. I fucking hate (laughs) coming to this fucking office. I fucking Mm -hmm. hate this computer screen. And even though you guys are all supposed to be really cool, I think you're all lame, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really think everyone was lame, but there was, there's a lot of facade when you're working in an office with, and there was like 400 people, you know, it wasn't like 50 people. It was like 400. Right. What was, was the job? I worked for Etsy.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I worked for Etsy. I first started in their customer service department um, sending emails to members who inquired about either buying or selling items. Mm -hmm. And then I moved into their event department, and I helped book educational seminars across the country. This sounds familiar. You've been doing this since 2010? Yeah. 
I feel like you've told me this. Well, before. I left in 2013. I did it for three years, and okay. then I was. I loved New York. Don't get me hey wrong. Hey man, that's that's pretty amazing. Like, yeah, I like had a great time to, in New York. To have a good job, to be able to afford, to actually afford to live there. Yeah, I was totally you know? in the in the like perfect position. People were like, "Your life is so cool," and I was like, mm, "It's not for me." <laughs> I, I like I missed my compost. Yeah. You know, like I missed my backyard. Mm-hmm. I missed like being able to like have seasons and enjoy them and mm-hmm. go outside. And I didn't. I'm not very good at a nine to five. Mm-hmm. I'm better at like setting my own hours and doing my own thing. And so you've been, ba- have you been in Richmond since 2013? No. Okay. Uh, so in 2010, when I was in New York, I got into a bike car accident where I was going down a hill and this car pulled a U-turn in the middle of the street and I smashed into the car. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a big car too. It was like a um, what you, like a Land Rover, mm-hmm. and I hit the back end. And what happened was my cheek hit the metal of the car, and it basically yeah, is, I have uh-huh. this little scar under my eye. It basically like burns. Scars are cooler than tattoos. Oh yeah, so you got a, a, a yeah, so uh-huh. I have this little burn right here. People constantly ask me if I had a tattoo removed. From my face, like it's so weird. I'm just like, yeah. It, it I does, think that's so weird on like so many levels. It's a, like, it's a road rash scar. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. road rash. There's like a little dirt in it, but so what the dude did was totally illegal. I mean, it was a huge. You can't pull a U-turn in the middle right, of the street. Right. So I sued him, you know, and I won. And so I took the money that I won with, and I bought a Forerunner, and I ditched New York. I sublet my room out. And I took off to Oakland, and I drove cross-country by the northern route out there. I took I-80 and a couple of friends, and we just partied our way across the country, like, visiting. Um, we went to Detroit and Minneapolis and Salt Lake. How'd you like Minneapolis? I loved it. I loved it. I love it. St. Paul, Minneapolis awesome. So cool, man. Like, people are so chill, and there's, like, nothing pretentious yeah. about it. You know, like, everybody's just real on the level, and everyone's like really beautiful and they're really they care about their environment mm-hmm. and what's going on. Great healthy, art scene. pretty healthy. Yeah, pretty healthy. It's it's people are also very accepting of a wide range of, of humans. Of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so many tattooed faces. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very unique scene there. And I have a lot of friends. You know what there. I liked about it is like I'm what? nowhere near the biggest dude. Oh, yeah, I know. The people there are huge. <laughs> I can go to a thrift store and find Giants. clothes that are too big for me and fit me. And here, I can't find shit in a thrift store. Oh, yeah, you're, like, you're a giant. All here. those motherfuckers out there. I like, They're Vikings. I'm a demure fellow, yes. Right? <laughs> it's the Vikings. It's yeah. that down from Canada, like that whole mm-hmm. move. Right. God. And then they ate real well. Yeah. Right there. Oh, they yeah. Meat ate up all galore. the buffalo. That's all they do. <laughs> Good Lord. Everybody. And what they're making jerky out there. Like everybody. It's like the place. If, if you have like, any kind of body issue and you've gotten all fucked up in the head about it from like living in New York or L.A. Oh, yeah. Go, go to Minnesota. And, yeah. And get over it. Yeah. And, like, get, real quick. Figure out how to be a person again. Beautiful you know? people there, too. Very yeah, beautiful. There are. But 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 realistic kinds. Yeah, you know? it is very realistic. Mm-hmm. I loved it there. It's a re- ultimate reality. Yeah, I've been there a bunch. I have yeah. a my um the bike club that inspired the Cutthroats to start is the Black Label Bicycle Club, oh. and they ride the tall bikes around Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah, and every and they do the naked riding and all that stuff. Yeah, too. they have a they also have a event every summer, um, which is a ride to Chino's. 
which is like a campground, like maybe on the bike path. Mm-hmm. It's like a 30-mile or 40-mile ride. It's really, really it's beautiful. Yeah, it totally has its own little – I mean, people always talk about Portland and shit, but Minneapolis is, is – Minneapolis has a huge bike scene. Yeah. Huge. And that whole – just whatever culture you associate with all that stuff is oh, yeah. very solid Everything. there. Record stores, you know. Yeah, record stores, music. Yeah. Yeah. I know lots of people that have moved there, people that have left there, gone back there. It's a huge proponent. I'd still be there if my family wasn't here. That I would not be in Richmond if my family wasn't here, mm-hmm. but my family is here. So. so that's an awesome twist. It did seem to me like you're really like, you know, living out loud, like living large, live fun and free. Yeah. Like, I assume this was all completely alcohol fueled, though. Like every picture I see, it seems like all day. Well, you know? I would say that other, not all day. I would say that other people <laughs> are alcohol fueled, whereas I kind of stay a little demure. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely am smoking weed. I mean, I definitely went to the West Coast and worked on a weed farm mm-hmm. and then made a bunch of money doing that. Mm-hmm. And then... What does weed do for you when you... I mean, is it like a, a chill thing for you? Does it like do... Does it give you insight? Does it like... I think it gives me insight. Yeah. It kind of puts me on another level. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes... It actually opens me up more and allows me to talk more. I'm a lot more quiet mm-hmm. when I'm not on weed. Um, but also... Are you stoned right now? I probably am not stoned right now. Because <laughs> you're not being very quiet. You know? Well, yeah, but I have a microphone on. Ah. It's the mic. It's because I'm like on call yeah. during the day to be like mic'd up and stuff. Now you know this is now a like a, yeah, like as soon as the mic is on, I like I amp up ten because I know that there's something expected of me and I have to put out and mm-hmm. I have to like there's gonna be like an end product and I want that end product yeah. to be good, you know, so. But like if I'm out at like an opening or something, you know, and I'm just there, like I'm not really gonna talk to a lot of people. Right. I'm gonna be like, this art is blah, blah, blah in my head. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. I mean? They're gonna be like into it or not into it. And then I'll like take See, off. See, I, I used, I initially I think started drinking and doing things like that so that I could be that way, but I kind of overshot the, uh, you really mark. liked the party. Yeah, were... well, I, I mean, I overdid, like, you yeah. know, and then that's the thing is impairs your judgment. So you don't, yeah. you think you meant to land here, but you're you all, you jumped, uh, you're all yeah. the way over in the fucking, yeah. yeah. So that, and, and that's why I like, I mean, there are lots of reasons, like, why this is, like, I dig this way of life. But the main one is that for the most part, I kind of know where I'm at. You right. You know, like, pretty good sense of, like, what, where I'm running into you and, you know, stepping on that or whatever. And that's it's much more here. comfortable, like, for me, you know. Well, I think that that, I think doing those things also, like, has its time and its place, which is mainly your 20s. Yeah. And then I think it's very important to accept that that time and place is over mm-hmm. and that you have found better, more exciting things to you that don't right. have to be fueled in yeah. that type of way. And this, and this principle that you're talking about, and I maybe have just jumped into it being a principal. You're talking about That's partying. Because cool. Andrew W.K. talks about partying as, right, a, as right. sort of a, a way of life, a spirituality, you know? Yeah, yeah. But well, the know. thing is, is that, and I do this too, Andrew W.K. and I both use the word party as a verb. Mm-hmm. It does not necessarily have to include alcohol and drugs. Right. Like when I think about going for a bike ride on my bike, it's a party for me. Yeah. Like that's a huge fucking party. Mm-hmm. The wind is going to be in my hair. I'm going to see people I know. Yeah. I'm like getting out there. I'm moving. I'm shaking. My body feels better. That's a huge party for me. Yeah. Going on a road trip alone is a party. Like I'm driving. I'm taking off. I'm like 
action oriented, mm-hmm. you know, like even like going on a picnic, that's a party, you mm-hmm. know, like it's, it's the definition of the word yeah, it's the, is it's a larger the than life kind of thing. You know, it, it kind of like the band it, back together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a party. It is. I mean, I, I was thinking about it. How, why I wanted to do it and like I just you know got this room full of junk like right, equi- right. equipment that like I bought a drum kit for a hundred dollars at a yard sale shut the fuck up I got a cabinet from Peter Frank for 20 bucks I'm getting a head from here and there my cousin gave me a bass I got this piece of shit guitar but, but like last you've Sunday you've got it all yeah a little bit at a time and like every other time I've decided I wanted to do that the shit just starts appearing it always does That's you know? that is like that that is the magic in life you know what i mean like it's that whole like powerful thought processing like every time that i think about how i want something it comes to me i never have to search it out i i mean i have to be patient about it i can't be like i want this and it's not going to be there in 10 minutes you know but if i'm like i want a new pair of boots like i'm over these boots i'm done with these boots literally within like a month and a half someone will be like i don't want these anymore do you want them or like i'll find them somewhere you know like really cheap it's really yeah yeah and cars bikes amazing thing i mean when i lived in new york like i decided i wanted to play drums after going into one of those hourly spaces you know where you you can just pay 30 bucks and four or five of you can just jam yeah and they got the shit in there and a, a kit appeared. I bought. I got a kit for a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's this great. Guy, and then, and then this other guy sold me all this hardware for twenty five bucks. And then this other dude let us move into his studio in Dumbo. That that's at that perfect. point was nothing, and it was like that's fifty dollars a month. That's where the <laughs> Etsy headquarters is. Is it really? Yeah. I bet it's the same building. We took over. Um, by the time I left, we had four floors. Is it a white it was building? On like Street. when you get off the uh, F train and you walk down a hill, there's a big building. There. Yes. It was it that, that building? building. That's it where my that practice building. space was. That's crazy. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, Spike Lee also has his office in really? that building. Then yeah. And was... that has the perfect view of the bridge. Yes, it's like almost yeah. under it. Yeah, it's like one of the most photographed spots in New York. It's and when we were in there, it was like an Irish guy had a huge had rented like a corner of the floor and uh-huh. he was selling cool thrift stuff to japan and making a mint like finding like going into oh i wonder if that's the um i wonder what's shit i can't remember his name it was like sean or but he had like whole rooms full of michael of air jordans and pumas and shit and he was making a ton of money just shipping that stuff the uh oh that elo remember that I asked people for Ello invites on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. So the guy who owns Ello, who started Ello, got his jump off by selling vintage goods to people in Japan. Maybe it's him. I wonder if it's the same guy. And so he then rented out these three smaller rooms in there to this guy, this painter, Thomas Campbell. Do you know him? He's a skater, surfer, It sounds guy. very familiar. And... Uh, and then there's a couple of other people. And so we got to share one of the rooms for like 50 bucks. Ah, stop it. So it all, but you it were there just... in the 90s. Yeah, well, and when you I was there, there in the, the 90s, 90s, that felt like the expensive time. Like I we know. missed, you know, the days of the uh, cold water God. that you could get for 100. I mean, I was, I know I was living like that when I was there. I had a, I paid 350, 400 a month. And you thought that was so a, much money. No, I knew it, that was cheap. That's we had good. a rent stabilized apartment on East 7th Street, like near Tompkins Square Park. Oh my gosh. Like the whole place is a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you three. guys were killing it. Mm-hmm. You but couldn't even close to find so that It's so funny now. to look back at the 90s and think that was cool like the 70s was when oh, I was, I know. you know, we were looking back I at know. the 70s wanting it to be yeah. like that. I mean, that's that's going to happen every time, you know. 
But anyway, I, when I like played in there with him, my buddy Tab came over and like I I wasn't planning on playing the drums. I was just like I'll have them here if somebody right. else wants to play them. And then I I started playing them and because I you know guitar is easier and not as much work. But I, that's how I feel about the bass. But I started playing them and I was like, wow, this feels good. These shitty drums, I just hit them it's hard good. enough, they sound good. Yeah. And um and I, I so what you're saying about partying, I'm realizing I got to make more and more space. For just doing some shit for fun. Yeah. You know? And fun like, is the most important part. Yeah. I mean, that's why I left the job. Because my fun was being compromised. And I know that, like, not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. I understand that I'm extremely privileged to be able to make these choices. Yeah. And somehow I have just willed it to be that way. I've never really had mm. to do a lot. I mean, I worked at a tattoo shop in the 90s. I bartended. I went to school. Like my life has been like kind of a dream. For I went for psychology and religious studies. I got a double major, and I definitely should have rethought that. Did you finish that? Yeah, yeah, I got both degrees. Have you ever heard of this guy named Graham Hancock? I don't know. I think that's his name. Is it a young guy or an old guy? He's an old guy. He's a writer, I think, and he's talks. He's a religious. And psychedelics guy. Ooh, I love that. And uh, that's my jam. Check this out. This is why I asked you about smoking pot. I just listened to this podcast with him yesterday. Yeah. And he's talking about like in the Gnostic Bible, they don't think that dude that calls himself God in the Book of Genesis right. is the God. Right. He's right. actually this demiurge character right. who's kind of a dick. And he's fucking with man. Right, right. Yeah, I've heard he's this. He's like, you know, like, he doesn't have a body. Yeah. And he's like, you know, these are other, this is living consciousness that has no body, jealous of the living consciousness that has a body and can right. experience all these things like pleasure and sex and like, you know, life and death and all of this stuff. So he's fucking with them, right? And, uh, and, I, and it started at me thinking, you know, first of all, that was like, maybe there really is like, maybe that dude Jesus came along and he's like, that dude do not Jesus. listen to that fucking guy. Like he's an asshole. My dad, like the guy, the, the real dude, he's not like that. He's, <laughs> he's cool. Like he would never tell you to pluck out an eye for an eye or any of that shit. You know, he would not put the shame on you and like all of that other crap. He's like, he just wants you to dig, you know, love people. So here's the thing. <laughs> I started to think about like, when you're when I used to do hallucinogens a lot, I right. got a lot of bad shit came into my head. Like I've bad never ideas. I've never once had a bad trip. Yeah. Not once. Well see, I think this is something to do with where you're where you're at and where, where I you're come meant to from. be and which who you know, yeah. what your cause your spin is like, you know Well, I'm so positive. Right. That's like what I was could, gonna say. Yeah, you it's can't, a positive spin. It is a positive spin. Like and th- I've been this way my whole life. Like, no matter what goes down, I'm gonna be like but now we can do this and we can go make these things. That's, and a real, like, look, that's a real thing. That's not like you willed this. You're like, you're that, uh, like, if you were a fucking electron cloud, right, right. you're I'm the a thing positive. with the positive spin yeah. on it. You it's know? true. Yeah, it's totally. Right? And that is definitely, I believe, why good things consistently happen. And it affected me to be connected to you on Instagram and say, I don't know what the hell she's doing, but it's fun, and I want that to. Inf- I want to know what's going on. Yeah, with and that. it influenced me to like look for that. But it really is just shit, a different know? perspective. Like instead of like all day being like hate, 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 suck, 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 suck. Right. You'll just flip it and be like, well, this is awesome, and it smells good outside, and the wind is nice, and I'm gonna go do this later. So like, it's like not letting the little things. 
ever yeah. attached to you. So you're good at that, and that's like your fucking mission. You're like the, you know, you're like the prophet of that. I hope right? so. But so. so what I was gonna say, this is some real stoner talk, and I'm not even stoned. Let's right? get baloney. But when I would, if I smoked DMT, if I right. mushrooms, acid, any of that kind of shit, real bad, like well, literally you know. a voice saying, "You're a fucking asshole." But You're, you know that's what you really thought. Like that's. Well, well what let me finish you... this thing though. So, I am an advanced human being or a modern human being. Correct. So I hear that, and I just say, "That's my internal thoughts that are being amplified by this drug." I'm having a bad trip, right. whatever, but I consider it it's coming from me. Right. Right. Now imagine it's a thousand years ago and you eat a mushroom, right? right? Or you you do something like that and you hear some shit like that and you go, that's God talking oh. to me, right? So then you start telling everybody what that fucking yeah, definitely. character I, is I saying. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree know? with you on that. But so to your point, mm. I'm a a hundred thousand years ago when somebody eats that plant mm -hmm. they don't have the same outside forces that we have now right so they're not going to think so many negative things because they're not like taxes bills home but they wrote this book with all this negative shit in it from like that was written well okay i'm talking about like i'm talking about pre that yeah first okay. of all right right okay. and then like that, the people that are painting caves like that, right, right like right, those okay. motherfuckers they're not right. like you know they're chilled out and they're they're, they they're are on a different God you know, level. Right, you know what right. I mean? Animus and then like at the and, same time, like mm -hmm. this whole, all of these religious talks, like they're so fucked up to me. Like mm -hmm. the fact that anyone in this world still believes in God as mm -hmm. like put out through the Bible right. is like fucking crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Like that anyone looks at that book and is like, this Takes is reality. Right, this right. is reality back then. Like right. this is, these are tales of how we should live. Those are tales of how you should live your life then by some wackadoodle guy who decided right. that's what he well, wanted, you know? Yeah. And, and he had enough people. Not, this shit is like, the truth of those books is not the fucking literal events. Right. right? It's if the, I, it's reading, like, it's like reading poetry right. or, uh, or any other kind of mythology. Right. Like Correct. when I read that shit, I don't, I don't like, you know, I can pick up a Bible and read some shit and get something. Oh yeah. I should probably rethink the way I'm acting right, right now. Right. It is a good you lesson know? and right. it is a good way to tell That's the lessons the way it's meant to be. through analogies and stories. Right. But there are people in this world that are so fucking dumb that they think that there is a heaven above and a hell below. Well, even worse than dumb, that they're so scared. So of, scared. Right, right. So scared. Well, so naive. So, like, not willing to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, like, such an issue well, I have with so many people. Well, the idea that you're going to do everything that a religion prescribes mainly right. out of fear of going to hell, you know, just so just, you can make sure that you get to heaven. It's so bad. It's and, so uh, bad. But that, you know, it's so, people, and then the religion is just taking advantage of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, you can't even look at them straight in the face and be like, you make millions of dollars don't a year. Let all it like, this, is, this isn't know, for all religions. Right. You know, this and, is, yeah. I and mean, what you're nor saying is religious people. Right. I mean, what everybody you said is true. And it's obviously true that, that organized religion of all from all of them yeah. all organized religions have done some fucked up shit cults that, yeah cults cults they become cults of personality they become yeah. like twisted examples of whatever oh. but all of them can be a good guide for good behavior they have the possibility of leading people in but positive you've gotta, ways you've got to you have, have to be a, smart you, know, you got to read between the lines yeah you, gotta, you know so i don't like 
I mean, I used to be the kind of intellectual that would just say, fuck that shit completely. Like, get that hell, that stuff away from me. And well, I, I think find, you have to go to both sides to kind of understand where it meets in the middle. Sometimes, right. Or some people do, you know. Right. I think that's an important... I was raised... My father never let religion into the home at all. Oh, yeah. So I never even went to church as a child. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the fan. I grew up oh, on yeah? Cutshaw. Oh, really? Yeah. Where did you go to school? You go to, like, I went Bedford to Mary Munford, Mary Munford. And then I went to Albert H. Hill. And then it was like during a really chaotic time at Albert H. Hill when right. the mayor was the um, Mayor Roy West was our principal. Oh yeah. And there was like a huge controversy about him being racist and him not having enough time to be principal and mayor. And we just started getting we weren't allowed to use our lockers. We were getting searched for drugs all the time. Like they Albert yeah, was, Hill. That was usually a fairly nice. You. you it was like right before I yeah. yeah compared to all the other schools it was awesome it was it was insane it was like really weird so we got pulled from that school and then I went to Freeman for high school and then after that I just partied in Richmond for a and, while and you got to VCU much I took ten years off and then I I left I went down to Atlanta and New Orleans for a while and then I came back in two thousand and three. And that's when I went to school. I you've really gotten around. Well, yeah. I thought it was really important to visit. It is and live a I lot agree. of places. I needed a, a new perspective. This couldn't be my only perspective. It really does. It, it's a. It, it's very like, small here. It is, but it's also you know like in order to see what's valuable about Richmond too. I think you got to leave. Truly. And because um, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was really awesome until I went to New York, and then I thought it was like. It, when I came back, when the, and even like not even that, like when I came back, I felt like now I've been someplace that's like really fleshed out. This looks like a movie set to me, like it where is, you look behind the buildings it? and they're just sticks holding up the facades. That's why I know? like it. It's like it's it's crazy here. <laughs> like it's empty. so pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just and it smells so good all yeah. the time. And I've never I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but I feel like the people here are very genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and they have, they're very intellectual. They have great taste in art and mm-hmm. music. They're very knowledgeable. It's, mm-hmm. it, the, I like the people in Richmond very, very much. There are a lot much. of w- different ways to live here than, than pe- many of our peers got stuck living. Yeah. You know, where you're just staring into the same black hole night yeah. after night. Because there's lots of shit going on here. There's, there's a lot so of, much going you know, on here. Even right now, there's like secret shows under the bridge. There's bands that come oh, all yeah. the time. There's a you. Did you hear the um, I know that tonight they have shows over here? Oh, yeah, the, the Venable House. Yeah, is yeah, that they, what that is now? The Venable House. The Venable not, House, or not, like the Punk House, or something. Okay, because it's not even on Venable. It's on Cedar and Twenty. Sometimes it's the Cedar House. I don't know. They switched the name. I used to live right there at Twenty Third and M before I left. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been all over this little. I love Churchill. I actually. Depending on what goes on with the TV show, I've been looking at uh, studios up here. So are are you living in? Well, I'm here right now, mm-hmm. so we're filming, and then my plan is to go to Puerto Rico on December fourth for the whole winter. I've discovered that I don't like winter. Yeah. And that's not something that I'm really into, mm-hmm. unless I like have a buddy to snuggle with. But what about with. seasons? You were saying? I, once I, I like to see winter start <laughs> and I like to see winter end, you know, but I don't mm. want to live Were you going to like Vieques or something like that? Uh, I guess 
My friend lives in San Juan, and then is it Cuba Libra? I think it is. I hear people talk about going to Vieques like it's a thing. Like Maybe. Like that's the spot or something. My but, friend yeah. has been living there for a couple of years, and he knows a guy you that... You said Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Yeah. He knows a guy who has a lot of land mm. and is building a hostel on his land. So wow. he's helping him build this hostel, and he needs people to help him build it. So I was going to go over there and stay in this guy's apartment and work on this hostel for the winter. That's cool. Maybe. I think they're trying to make an episode of the show be that the rest of the club has to come to Puerto Rico because I've taken off and I'm hanging out in Puerto Rico. And then mm. they want to, like, come and... That that would be a nice twist for everybody. They all get to be in Puerto yeah, Rico. Yeah, we all get to that. go to Puerto... Well, we love Puerto Rico and... Uh, it seems like it should be very fitting for so the So you've show. been there before? Just once. What is it you like about it? Um, The warmth, the water, the beach. Is it Car- Caribbean? I no, guess, not really. No? No. More like uh, Mexican. Puerto Rico. Well, what water is... I, I should know this, but like, is it... it it's in the... It's Atlantic on the one Atlantic. side and Caribbean on the other? Yeah, or, I guess. Isn't it like the Dominican Republic? It's near there, sort of? Or? It's... It is near there. I don't know how close it is. Because Dominican Republic is Dominican Republic in Haiti. Right. Right. Ooh, His, I want to go to Hispanola. Haiti. That's Hispaniola. Yeah, it's been, I want to go to Haiti. Dominican Republic is kind of interesting. I've been there before. It's yeah? my only place like out. that that I've been to. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I feel you. Well, that's where those, Tropic those Oaks whatever. girls growing up, remember? They were, Did they grow up there? No, no. But they grew up they here. They grew up here over in Churchill. And right. their mom was from the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So they went there like every year. Oh, I didn't they know They visited that. all the time. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah, yeah, they were around the corner from me most of my life. I didn't know they were actually going down there. But... Yeah, they were going. Huh. Totally. A lot That's... of people in New York are from DR too. That's like a huge yeah. thing. Yeah, and a lot of people I work with, well, that work at Restaurant Depot, which is like what my job is. I'm like right. the guy that goes out and tries to get people to go there. There's a whole bunch of DR oh, yeah? folk there. Yeah. I currently am bartending at Ensuboca. Yes, and they, they. I actually I saw your sister there, Lucy. Really? Yeah. And you know my sister. Well, this is funny, but um, she came to the bar, and I was like, "This lady looks so familiar." And so for a while, I was like, "It's not Nikki Price." I was like, "This is obviously not Nikki Price." Not, not like, any piercings, right? Is that what Nikki has? I, I will see. So. I couldn't even really remember what Nikki Price looked like, but I remembered that because I. I am like, I'm a little bit younger than everybody else. So I didn't grow up with you guys. It was right. more like you guys were like the older kids when mm-hmm. we were, when I was like 21 at so the did, bar. Right. I'm, I feel like I met you when I was in my thirties. Did I? Well, oh, maybe. Oh no, maybe before that. Like it. I think I met you when you came back to Richmond. From New York? Or? From New York. Because uh, you had been working, not, maybe you worked for Punchline when you came back. Yeah. And I did. I, I contributed. That guy who ran Punchline, Pete, Pete lived mm. across the street from me on Marshall. Ah. And um, that you, it was this Jackson Ward. This was Marshall? Jackson Ward. Okay. He and lived. Jayon lived over there too. Yeah, that's right? who it was. That's who it was. Is okay. Yeah, yeah. Jayon lived right across the street from me. Okay. Damn, I would have never and remembered Tenier. that name. And, and yeah, Jayon and Tenier. lived together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, you that never was would a remember. Lot. He's in Charlottesville. He just he's got his own. Uh, club he's opening up. Oh, good for him. Yeah. That's good. Have you heard that all the clubs here are closing down? It's a lot of them seem to be. It's the cycle. Yeah. It happens all the time. 
Well, these guys, you, you know, I, I was talking to the dudes at Tom's Meat and Produce the other day. Stop who were it. sort of competitors. But they were talking about the scene. They're the ones with the trucks, right? Right. There, there are lots of people like them, but they've been doing it for like 35 years. And they, and they said there's a lot of bad money out there. What does that mean? That means there ain't no money. It's just people who are like just keeping this fucking thing oh. going, where they're already fucked. Oh, they're already but out they're of business. Still writing they're checks. already done. Well, they, they, you know, they they manage to get this credit over here right, and this right. credit over here, and then they get just oh, enough God. money that day for maybe selling some shit, and then they buy this. And there's a lot of that out there. They're like, that's all Petersburg is. They say like, there's just. I thought Petersburg was on the come up. There's parts of it, I guess, but right, not, Aren't it's kind of like having one, like. An, an art revolution out there? They, they have a section that's really cool that's like this Shako-y area, like downtown near the Is it Shako-y because it'll flood? Or is it Shako-y because it's Meaning it's cobblestone field. streets and old yeah. buildings. And there's shit going on there. But like, you know, it's very pretty down there. And it's very it's old so school. Pretty. But, you know, surrounding it is extreme depression. <sighs> you know, like just... You Remember know. when it was like that here, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there, I don't, I think there's kind of a lot of people who get into the business of running a club or a restaurant that really don't know. Do any of them know? I don't think they know. Well, I mean, it's not like just knowing what you're doing, but also that you don't get to make any money the first year. Yeah, no, no check. Three years. The first three years, you're not going to make any money. You got to be prepared to just. Three years to start any business. Right. And if you think that you're going to pull a check in those first three years, you're wrong. Right. You need to have three years backup money. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I remember the first year that they opened that Red Dragon on Broad Street. Mm hmm. Which is... Tattoo Red Dragon? Right. I think it was like 95, maybe, they opened that. The first year, I shit you not, for four months, it rained every weekend. Wow. Every single weekend. And they were so sad. I mean, they were just bummed. These guys weren't making any money. Everybody was stressed out. It was like a no good scenario. And then year three hit, and it was just like money flowed. Money yeah. just poured down upon them. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they were living on scraps for that first three. Yeah, so I feel, I feel like, I don't know, I haven't ever tried this myself. I've just worked for people right. who are doing it, you know. And, like, it seems to me that you you need to know that, like, Breaking even is success for the first three years. It is, as long as you don't own money. And don't fucking just react when you open and you get, you're going on only year and it's not amazing. So let's chase change everything completely. Oh, that's the like, worst. Totally that's redo the, the menu worst. and fire everybody and like. Oh well, no. isn't that what Empire just did? I don't know what happened there. That's that's. I think that's what Empire did. They. Um, so I think everybody knows this just from Facebook, which is sad in in the beginning. So I guess like the owner posted on Facebook and was like, we're going to be closing for renovations for three weeks. And half the employees were like, what are you talking about? Uh, Right. And so then it was like two weeks and they were like, so you guys are going to reopen next week. And then they were like, actually, we're not reopening at all. Yeah. So that's, that's. That happened to me. But in that's New the York. rumorville. So I, don't I, know. I walked up to my job one morning and there was a note on the door, the restaurant I was working at, and they oh were like, "We're God. closing for renovations." And I was like the day, right. like guy. I opened the restaurant and like every day, <laughs> oh, you notice. fucking tell me. And that's when I came home the first time from New York, like for uh, like three or four months with my tail between my legs, and I remember dr- riding the train in. 
Oof. and smelling the cut the magnolia and oh, all of that God, stuff and i was so like good. so good to be back and it is it's so nice here and then i was felled by pneumonia as soon as i got home i was like sick for i get so sick every time i come back here i think it's you're like now you're gonna relax and you can actually yeah your body's like keeping it at bay until you get where you think you're i think safe it's and... all the the pollen and all the all the plants here that. the city new york has them just flushed out you don't get anything all you smiles that's uh, that's too bad about empire i knew i used to talk to thor a lot uh, right. at over at restaurant depot and he seemed like you know he was really ambitious and wanted to do a lot of stuff there i thought, and, I thought they were yeah. opening the second floor yeah you know like i thought that was a mission i thought we were headed in that direction so be cool to have that happen but i i get the impression that there's not enough money in town to support all of these cool things there's plenty of money to support like five guys burgers well, and fries. It's or... very interesting because it's hard for me to find a cool thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like as what I mean is that as opposed to the like uh chain, you know, or the franchise thing or it's, whatever. It's un- I'm the in- there's not enough independent money like I don't think that that's true. You don't. I think that the kids will go wherever, but I think you need to at least make a burger. Yeah. And you should probably have a hot girl serve it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a formula that you can look around to all these places and they have it. So there's no reason why Joe Schmo on the corner can't do the same thing. Yeah, if you're in the middle, I mean, the the most important things in, in the restaurant business right? are location, location, location. Yeah, you're right there on the corner. Right. Serve fucking tacos. Serve a dollar tacos. You're going to, they're fly. I wasn't thinking, you come out on the street with a fucking thing and sell coffee like you know right there while people are walking by like i got a press pot yeah Here's some goddamn coffee 50 cents a dollar but don't or make it so yeah. intimidating for people to come in yeah. open your windows yeah you know people like to see the outside like get those huge drapes out of the window mm-hmm. put a grilled cheese on the menu you know mm-hmm. give if you're right there where the students are serve the students don't yeah. try and bring other people in know that other people are going to come in at night Give them a lunch special, you yeah. know? Give them a $5 in and out lunch. I guess lunch. we're going to have to open our own place. Yeah, well, know, I'm really interested done, right? to see who <laughs> will attempt to open. Because it's hard for me to think that Empire isn't going to be reopened pretty soon. Yeah, and is there anything in the Nile spot? The I don't know. Former I think, hole in the wall? Yeah, I think that's empty right now. That's too. empty too. That's the, crazy. Oh, my God. If they sell that corner... Dude. Well, Scott's probably he. Scott still owns Scott State, and I think yeah, still owns Scott that Scott State definitely still owns it, but he will sell out. You know he will. It's just for the. I mean, he's probably holding out for like a million dollars. There's no fucking where to park around there. Yeah, so that is a I, huge issue. Even though we should all ride our bikes, right? And go to. I mean, some people easy. are coming from far and wide, you know. Mm-hmm. And but all of those parking decks that VCU opened should be accessible after like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? They should. Free, you mean? Yeah, they yeah. should be free parking for businesses. I mean, the way the the whole Richmond City zoning and right. businesses, it's set up for people to fail. Right. You know, I mean, they could allow parking. I think I was thinking about this not that long ago because I drive around the city a lot. This shit was set up for when there was an ass load of stuff going on down there, like in the 70s. Right. When there, in the 80s, when there was like a ton of, there were department stores or businesses, all this kind of stuff. The city needed to control how much people were parking here and oh, there. Yeah. And people make, needed to make revenue off of that to pay for other yeah. things. But like, 
they kept that in place even when everything else died down. So you're like, there's no, I don't want to go down there and just be, it's like they're just waiting to fleece you of that, totally. like, you know, then, $40 for a parking ticket or whatever the fuck. And then, then the businesses have to have parking spaces, right? Like, right, you have to if, have a certain amount for You have to have like three people. parking spaces or like seven parking spaces, depending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, demanding that a business on Broad Street have parking, that. Yeah. But yet the city in the middle has of street parking. Every, right, right. You know, like, why is the street parking not good enough for that business? It's a very good point. What's, like, why is that a demand? Like, why would you leave that in place? And why are they, like, I guess, what's the word that I'm, like, why are they making it harder? Because the, the bureaucracy, like most bureaucracies, exists just to be a bureaucracy. <sighs> all of those people, that's job security for all those folks. They don't yeah. question, they don't innovate they don't do any of that crap they just it's just there to justify its own existence they spend money so that they can justify the budget right. for the next year it's it's just a, it's a it's mindless the cycle. It's thing. The cycle that we're stuck in right so, now right so i mean not to be like so to take this to positive spin town hey like all of us who have all of these ideas and thoughts about how this city could be better need to go to city council. We need to vote. It's true. We need it's to true. talk to our goddamn. Because I mean, when they got serious about the Pear Street condo, they stopped that. Shit yeah. In its tracks. Well, and the ballpark isn't moving. Yeah. You so know. And the a, bike lanes. There's lots in. more that can be done. But yeah. What has gone on, in my opinion, for a long time, and uh, is that. You know, nobody's really challenged the idiotic shit that's going on. Yeah, they really haven't. You know, and now there's a lot more people who are intelligent right. and connected through social media. Right. And, and business owners, like we're all at the age that people are owning the, businesses. The average IQ and and whatnot in Richmond now is much higher than it was oh, so when a lot higher. of this stuff got in oh, place. God. And the but the IQ of the people running the city right. has stayed, stayed the same. <laughs> so they are clueless, and they, they. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. The millions of dollars that that the real estate guys spent to get people into city council on what television advertising right because we're all bypassing that like nobody's paying attention to that yeah so you don't need those millions of dollars that those guys have in order yeah. to influence what's going on in the city not even you just close. need to show up talk about it right show up vote, vote all that stuff and this is actually a little incubator where a lot you actually totally can. Is. Yeah, you, can you can stop this idiotic shit. Yeah, we can. City council, we can all you know? do it together. Because there aren't enough rich, like scumbags, living in Richmond to stop you. They really, they all live in the. And counties, they all, they're know? kind of settled. They feel like it's okay that you they guys can, can keep have driving. That. Yeah, they're like keep driving their own force. We got Goochland. We got Chesterfield. Yeah. You guys have that city. You know, you weird. You know, uh, liberal types. You know, do whatever you want to. <sighs> I'll take there. it. I love this city. Yeah. So we, I just think that like. In general, instead of protesting, all of these folks that tend to put their energy into protesting need to put the energy into working within the existing system to counter. Oh, they're so scared of that. That's like becoming the man to them. Yeah. But I mean, a good friend of mine a long time ago gave me the whole like, if you can't beat them, join them speech. And although I don't think it applies to everything, I do think it's a good idea. I like idea. to think of it more in terms of the Trojan horse. Ah, you know? ah because that's nice. Because I dress the way I do for work now. Right. Because I'm communicating that you are not meant to respond to me being me in your right, face right. in my clothes. I'm I'm here because I, I want to produce uh, present a neutral yeah. appearance because I'm trying to commute and communicate neutrality, you know? And like... 
there's an existing thing that a lot of people argued and wrangled and whatever to get. And it sucks, but it's better than what could be. And, it, <laughs> and if you just put your energy into it, you can make it work. Yeah, it's, you can. It's much more constructive than just saying, you know what? Nope. Let's just tear it all down and have nothing. Because... The majority of people well, are. Well, and when you say that to someone, it's an automatic defensive reaction. You know, they're like, you. there are certain words that you can use that make things a lot more neutral. Mm-hmm. And when you talk in a like we right. kind of way, instead of me and you, right. you bring in, like, that's that's actually a really people good call lesson that, that I learned. political as if that's a negative thing, but it's a very positive thing. It is thing, a very positive you know? thing, you know, because you're Communicate. like, community, mm-hmm. communication, like, right. it's all hand Com- in hand. This is and all it's, common yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it's way more important that we look at it as a we are doing this together right. rather than a your and mine because that so takes right. away us working together to get That's something. right, and we don't have to... You know, you don't have to lose in order to compromise, right? Not at all. You're gaining. We just need to allow all of this diversity, cultural diversity and economic diversity and all this stuff to function together as an ecosystem and an economy. And then it can organically grow into Mm -hmm. something that is powerful yet positive. And if we don't do that, they're going to keep trying to drop bricks. Well, anytime you're not paying attention, the bricks are going to get dropped on you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the minute that you like... Go off into the eye. You're just being an ant doing your thing, yeah. and all of a sudden somebody drops a brick on the No, you need to be looking out for your community. You need to be looking out for your neighbor. Like that's how the positive things happen. Mm-hmm. Like you don't it's it's being selfless instead of selfish. And that's you know, that's a huge issue with it people. Is. It is. It's very hard to um, because we are culturally encouraged to see it as a competition and every man right. for himself and like but you can you have know. a friendly competition instead right. of like a beat down drag out right one of us has to go yeah right. it's more like oh we both did a good job but mine is prettier right your you know, success like, is not taking my success exactly, right? exactly. like there's enough su- enough for everybody exactly right? and that's we have to get people thinking in that kind of way yeah, it's so, hard though it's hard it's it hard is. to take people away and you know everybody has a different experience and you get down in a hole with your particular pain about your life and or frustrations or or whatever and you don't relate to anybody else you just think it's you gotta let go it's very important for people to let go like don't hold on to like negative experiences just learn from it and move on Mm -hmm. like take that next step there's a reason it happened you needed to learn that lesson take and learn from that and then Boom, you're on to your next lesson. My, my favorite thing about it was just said to me a couple days ago. Actually, it was t- two weeks ago, but I just posted that podcast the other day. It's not having your heart broken, it's having it broken open. You know, when you get, when everything's just sort of perfect, it's like you've got magic shell all over you. Ah. And you got to be tapped by the spoon <laughs> of life magic shell. so that you can get it that ice cream underneath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's funny though, because Joseph Campbell. I didn't even think about this before. Joseph Campbell said. Oh, it was Joseph Campbell. He didn't say that. Okay. No, I mean, but that's who you were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, but like that just made me think of is that when in the East, when a guy goes to a guru, right? The guru or a teacher, like a Zen Buddhist teacher or a, Mm -hmm. a martial art teacher, whatever, you come in there with an ego, and the teacher has a method 
of tapping your ego with this spoon, you know, whatever, right. and cracking that so that you can really be teachable. You know, you can let go of all the things you think you know so you can actually learn something. Yeah, that's huge. And they, and Westerners, that thing that they're trying to hit with that spoon is way harder. Way. You know? Way. It's like we, because that's our identity is about where all the cowboys are. But those are also way thicker. Right. Way thicker. So it's that that method of like getting, becoming teachable, cracking mm-hmm. the shell of your ego and all of that stuff, it takes a lot more work for for people like us and it's constant practice yeah. because we really are told that we're supposed to be like you know the hero the iggy pop you know the thing the person that's all about strong. you know it's hard <laughs> Vulner, the power of vulnerability and you know that's that whole like you got to really open up to actually get you really get do something you know so uh you do you think not only are people going to be confused about these hell satans versus the hell satans that still go only people here. that know us. But are the hell Satans that are here going to be mad? Oh no, they're involved. They're all involved. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're all totally like, they're like extras in the background, and they're like, we have a lot of like, um, skate jam scenes at the house, and so they're mm-hmm. all there. Everybody's working on their mopeds and stuff, and then the other ones don't even live here. They live out of town, you know. I mean, that's the kid over here that has cyclists. Oh, Brett. Yeah, Brett. Brent. Okay. Brent, 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 yeah. Brent. He's, I've seen him with the sweatshirt. Yeah, he's a hell Satan. I tried to strike up a conversation with him about it, but he gauged me as old dude, not cool. He no is very standoffish, which is something that's very interesting for a business owner. Yes, in fact, I brought my bike to him to be fixed one time, and I was making conversation with him, like oh, sitting yeah. on the little bench he had in there. Right. He he actually like I stood up and he picked up the bench and he took it down the hall. You're to kidding. The door. Like, You're not serious. <laughs> he was like, go sit out there. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. All right, all right. See, because I I brought the bike to him. Right. Because I'm like, this right. is neighborhood, neighborhood business, yeah, and let's keep be, it local. Keep the money in the neighborhood, right. and, you know. Yeah. But, Gosh, uh, that I, means different things to different you know, people. You know, personalities. Not everybody is fit for the job that they're actually doing. And he is a really good guy, and he probably like ha- knows a lot about bikes, and is probably doing a good job on your bike. But you might want to say that his bedside manner could be a little bit. Yeah, better. Yeah, maybe it's just like with the neighbor here. Like I, you know, I just seem right. like you know not. Well, you are the like tribe. the old weird guy old to them weird guy. too. Yeah. You know, like I. Yeah. I'm How out. do you feel about that? Does it make you feel weird? Because I know what I'm doing. Yeah. No, it yeah. doesn't make me feel weird. It makes me think like I used to be like that. I used to think it yeah. mattered like whether or not the person was cool depended on if they, you know. So don't you feel good about it reinforcing your own like uh, yeah. independence and. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been, I, I have to remind myself of it every so often, but like, yes, because yeah. being like the thing where I, for many years, like a lot of people do when you're in your 20s, you're really trying to find that click and that thing that you right. that you belong to like the little girl and the bumblebees in the meadow but the thing is that's everybody it, right it's, yeah, yeah. it got nothing to do with clothes and no. music and all that horse shit are you sure yeah nothing I'm so now you can nothing. have extra special connections right with people that like that what music, you like though, that music it's such a driving force it is but you know to get hater about stuff that isn't that music you yeah know, well i can i don't i Although I am very well known as a hater, lots of hate, mm-hmm. lots of hate coming out of me, but I'm just very judgy. But at the same time, I'm extremely open to anything like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I will form an opinion pretty quickly, but like when it's right coming through the door, I'm like, 
okay. I, I have to I have to watch that shit because you know I what, really do. You know what that really is? That self that ego judgment. That, that is ego. Well, it's ego. It's also like that you're creating an internal environment of right. like judgment on yourself. You yeah. know that that old Bible thing: "Judge not, lest ye be judged." Oh, what so that true. means is when you're judging motherfuckers, you're creating that fucking environment to go around in where you're hard on yourself all the time. And you're not giving yourself an inch to be you and yep. just chill. So, you know. I'm not like I'm not a a fucking free ass hippie like tra la la motherfucker. I wish. And I I'm, wish I was. And I'm also not super uptight, but I like. Yeah. You know, I feel pretty good about the balance. I smirk to myself when I say hey to the kids with their you know track bikes, and they just kind of grunt at me. And the little, you know, the kids from the coming down the street, and I wave at them, and they're just like. Eh. Dude, I wave <laughs> yeah. at everybody, and I get so many grimaces sometimes. Yeah. It's. It just looks really like I went to this. The old people sh- don't grimace though; they nah. wave right back. I went to this show at Strange Matter, and I was like, "It's very uncomfortable to hold that much cool, like to clench your asshole to that level of cool. It's not comfortable. It's a lot. It's a lot to maintain. But there are you know? so many like unbelievably cool people here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, they just aren't wearing a uniform. No, well, they are wearing a uniform. Yeah, it's that black leather jacket uniform. Did you see that thing in the Onion? They said. It said something like, "The average thirty-something uh, feels more strongly about the well-aged leather jacket than the child." That, nice. You know, or they have the same. I don't know. I can't remember. It's I waste. I fucked that up. It's okay. But the idea of yeah. of aging and breaking in this jacket is there, is it's their, their baby. Idea, is their baby? Yeah. Oh my god, babies. <laughs> oh yeah, it's but that's cool. I'm really glad you uh you. You uh, post that thing on Facebook, and so have you been in? I saw you in your truck somewhere else, and I said, "Hey." I have been. been I've been here since December. I've traveled. Aha. I've flown places and left, but only for like a couple weeks at a time. But I have been living here. I've been hiding out at my mom's house, Ah. out in Southside, because my dad passed away. It's been. It'll be two years in December. And the first year she lived here alone and it was like really obvious that she was just getting more and more depressed. So instead of stay out in California, because I like didn't, I wasn't really doing like a serious job or anything, you Mm -hmm. know, I decided to come back and hang out with my mom and be supportive while she was going through Sounds like you had a lot of good uh, instincts and I'm like ridiculously smart. It's innate. Well, they're smart and then there's. I'm a good sort of, person. What's the right I'm thing? I'm a really good You're person. You're a good person. You are. You're doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I always, I always do the right thing. I always make the right decision. I am very logical. I weigh things out. I don't do things um, because it's going to help me. I do things because it will benefit. That's why your life is like it is. It is. It's not because you willed it a certain way. But by doing these things, I willed it this way. Well, you you create the environment for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like... You know, if you go through the life with a, with it's all about me clenched asshole, right. nothing can come your way. But yeah. if you fucking go through it with like, I'm just going to be like open and yeah, giving just... and like doing these right things. I know this shit sounds hippie, but fucking I've experienced no, it's it true. many it's times. True. It's, it's true. It's, yeah, it's, it's true shit. True. It's like the real, mm-hmm. it's the original religion. Do without will shall be the whole of the law. Yes, we just don't carry that too far where you be stomping all over. 
motherfuckers. No. You know. I mean, you know, well, everything threefold, you know, everything will come back to you three times. So it's like you keep good that or in bad. mind. Yeah, good or bad. Right. You know, if and that's that's true. If if you do a bunch of negative shit, negative shit just falls down on you, and mm-hmm. it's hard to. I mean. As good as my life is right now. a practical way of putting that. If you're an asshole, yeah. nobody is going to help you out. No, never. They're going to say, get this asshole away from me. Yes. If you're a nice person that genuinely give a shit about the people around you, then they support you. Yes. And that's community. You support, they support. Everybody yeah. can like get up, you know, feel comfortable giving and helping out and, and passing around musical instruments and places yeah. to live and things like that. And these are the but basics. It, yeah. You know, that's a basic way to go around life. You know? It's not a magic super superstitious no, fucking it's, it's formula. Not. It's, it's just basic. Like right. it's being a good person. And that's all anybody has to do, you know? It's so simple it's impossible for it's, Well, so many people <laughs> are wrapped up in what they're owed or like how they've been wronged mm-hmm. or like just taking things personally. I mean, but at the same time there's like a million people who look the other way and, and, and who like, do live So let's say just since we, we can wrap this up in this really nice way, nobody's saying that you're wrong for being wrapped up in where you're at. No, of but, course not. But that's you. You do you. You gotta get. You do your pain body thing. Yeah. You know, get over your your injury. Let Learn. it learn. Everybody's but, learning. But but you know, life is short. You gotta open up. You gotta crack the magic shell and get at the ice cream. I love that ice and cream. Yeah, the ice cream good. is so good. It's delicious. It's the creamiest. <laughs> Thank you. This it's my fun. pleasure. Jesse Star Kelly. Forgot to turn the volume up. Whoops. There you go, JKation, JK Hole, and other handles that she uses. So be looking out for this reality series that she's doing. And yeah, and look out for more tantric conversation coming up. Like I said, Eric Larson and then the Tantric Roundtable. There we go. In a couple weeks, hopefully, I will get these up on a decent schedule. And, uh, hey, you guys, enjoy the fall weather. Dig it. I'm digging it. I always like it. It's girlfriend weather, I used to say back in the day. I ain't got one. Anybody want to be my girlfriend? Uh, you have to be a girl to be my girlfriend, seriously, but... I'm taking applications, um, looking for somebody who wants to do something outside. Let's get into some activities. You know, maybe we go to Jumpology sometime. But uh, we're uh, we're not going to sit on bar stools. I don't do that. So if that's what you're into, um, you know, peace, carry on. But hey, if there's anybody out there that you know wants to hit me up and we can. I don't know, get into some misadventures. We can make like Jesse and get into some misadventures out there and uh, spend a Saturday night, uh, you know, camping or... I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. What am I talking about? I don't know. Seriously, I, I mean, I I want... I do I do kind of want to start dating again. I don't know if I can fucking handle it because it's seriously distracting and I'm, I'm kind of enjoying my relationship with my cat. You know, she's there. She's affectionate. She keeps her mouth shut. You know, it's doesn't cost me any money except for a bag of cat food and some cat litter once in a while it's pretty easy so uh i guess um maybe that's what i'm meant for just be one of those old cat dudes ain't nothing wrong with that right 
All right. That's enough out of me. Namaste, motherfuckers. <laughs>